Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Locally distributed by United Beverage of South Bend. Michelob Ultra. Superior light beer. Don't compromise. Also sponsored by Bill's Heating of Goshen since 1951. For all your heating, cooling, and plumbing. Also by Pet Refuge, Black Lightner Door, Sherwood Tire, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, and OSMC, the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. And now, the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. And it is great to be back with you on the Mick Ultra Golf Show here on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. I can't wait for the day my voice comes back so I can actually enjoy listening to myself again because I'm tired of this. My goodness. Foster, you fix my golf you fix my golf swing. Can you fix my voice for crying out loud? Do you have a special concoction you can give me to help me out? Oh yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to do a show, but it would help your voice immensely. You wouldn't notice that your voice was gravelly. So I'd but... be sleeping for a few hours? Yeah, yep, maybe. But you'd feel a lot better when you got up. Well, I'm almost to the point of, of trying that, so send me the the recipe, and I'll let you know how it goes next week. And John okay. Foster, Darren Pritchard with you, John, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. And I know last week he announced on the program that his retirement is coming up, and we've been – I hope it's okay I can call you a good friend. We've, we've been doing Absolutely. this for a long time, and – I'm thrilled for you that you're going to have a chance to relax because nobody works harder than you, and you get a chance to play a little more golf. So I'm thrilled for you, but I'm sad as a friend that we're going to lose one heck of a golf show host that we've had for over a decade and a wonderful person and a good friend, someone I can always call upon. And from that standpoint, I'll be a little sad, but always will be happy uh, for the great times we had with you here on the golf show and at Warren Golf Course, but it will not be the same, my friend. There's no way possible. There's no one that can fill your spot. Thank you, Darren. That was, that was very kind of you. I appreciate it. And yeah, I'm going to miss this part of my job too. And it, even though I don't, <laughs> I don't look at the golf show as a job. And you know why? Because we've never gotten paid. So, <laughs> <laughs> like I but said, when you turn in that bill on. here in a couple of weeks, I can't wait. <laughs> To see what the end result is. Oh, goodness. So, no, it, it shows you how much I enjoy doing it, that I've been dealing with you, Darren, is that I, I do it gratis. And, and Tim and I have, and yeah. we wouldn't trade it for the world. It's been great. And, yeah, I um, it, it wasn't an easy decision, uh, but it was the right decision. And uh, Melissa and I are, are moving south. Um, yeah. You know, you look out this week in the weather, and you wonder, why would anybody want to leave this? Um <laughs> it may it it sure it sure confirmed my decision believe me so um yeah we're heading down to the hilton head area and looking for homes we were down there briefly a couple of weeks ago i they refer to that area as the low country you know due to the uh the marshes and things but the low country does not refer to the home prices down there i can tell you that Ooh. after my experience but that's okay 
Um, so we, we, you know, we'll be around for part of the summer, Darren, and hopefully I can continue and pop in with you and Tim occasionally. But awesome. uh, I think we need to launch the uh, the search for the the new co-host. You know, because oh, Firestone boy. is not nearly talented enough to carry it on his own, as he demonstrated last week when we we muddled through without you. How but, did it go, uh, by the way? I've know, been actually, sick, it went, went so really I didn't well. hear it. I got to admit. You didn't listen. You know what? There is a podcast, Darren, if you'd like to look it up. You know, you know? that's true. I yeah. actually had forgotten about that. They do put it we, on the podcast list. So I'm going to have to go yes. back and listen to that. So well, you should I, do that. No, uh, we were very nice to you. We did not beat up on you in your absence. We like doing that in your presence. So, uh, <laughs> And Timmy, Timmy's out playing Pebble Beach this week. So I hope the weather is even worse than it was here. What do you think? Boy, that's rough. Man, oh, man. He's getting to play Pebble Beach for the first time. I, I First off, I can't imagine standing on the 18th tee on that golf course. You talk about the most beautiful thing you've ever seen and the most terrifying thing you've ever seen. <laughs> it's almost like you see the beautiful girl in high school, and you, you look at her, man, she's gorgeous, but you're scared to death to go up and talk to her. That's the 18th <laughs> hole at Pebble Beach. <laughs> Yes, it is. Oh, Unless you had more guts than me, I would have been terrified to go up and talk to the cute girls. I don't know about you. <laughs> we didn't have any in my school, so that was a moot point. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my gosh. I, I have nothing. So, hey, remind me, what year did you start at Warren? I, this is my 20th season. So it's 2002, so 19 years, and it's my 20th golf season. My yeah. goodness. It almost does probably feel like your baby, doesn't it? It, it really does, Darren. I mean, um, obviously it wasn't only me. I've had great staff the whole time I've, I've been here, both in the maintenance area as well as in the golf operations area. Um, but we've come a long way. I think there, there are still people in this market that remembers what the golf course was like in 2001, 2002, shortly after opening. And it, it was rough. And that is nobody's fault in particular. Sure. It just was not a very good grow in. And I think if I did anything in my career, in golf career, it was finding the right people to, you know, assembling the right staff to, to attack the issues at the golf course, both agronomically as well as, you know, pro, pro shop operations and elsewhere that, that came together. And all, all of this has gotten better and better, in my opinion, every year. And the crescendo was in 2019. The, the big reward came for all of us when we were recognized, um, and the course was recognized with the awarding of the, uh, you know, the United States Senior Open. So, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of, of what I've done. I'm not so sure there's a whole lot more I can do. I'm going to turn that over to somebody else, and I wish whomever that is all the luck in the world. Mm, well said. You know, John, I'm thinking back to when the golf course opened. I'd only been in town for three or four years, and at that time – I was co-hosting Sportsbeat with John Finneran, and I remember the day out at Warren, it was a media day type event, and Ben Crenshaw, who mm -hmm. of course one of the architects, Cor Crenshaw, of Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame was scheduled to be there. And John and I were sitting, I guess as you walk straight into the clubhouse, you keep going straight. I think there's a room there off the... On yeah. the green, I guess. The little and, patio. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So we were told to sit there and wait for Ben to come in, and we had a chance to interview him. And, John, I'll never forget it. He could not have been more polite 
and more of the person you thought he would be after watching him on TV all those years. He had no idea who John Finneran or Darren Pritchett was. He opened the door, and it was like we were his best friends. Hey, guys, great to see you. Welcome to Warren Golf Wars. And had a smile on his face, answered all of our questions. And truly, even though I was just a couple of years here, there have not been many things since then that I've done in this business that I enjoyed more than the 15 minutes we had with Ben Crenshaw. He is an incredible guy. Um, One of the benefits of having this job and and over the past 20 years is the relationship I've been able to form with Ben and Julie. And he would do anything in the world for you. And uh, I've told the stories before on, you know, why Bill Warren thinks so much of Ben and some of the good good deeds Ben has done at Bill's behest. Um, Bill Corr, you know, his, his partner in architecture, uh, Bill's as nice as Ben. I mean, they're like brothers, and they have every reason in the world to be full of themselves, and neither one of them are. But but Ben makes you feel that way. I mean, he makes you feel like you've known him forever. And he 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 gave me a, a you know a, a phone call when he heard I was leaving. It was great to hear from him. So I hope to keep that relationship going. I don't know in what form, but um, I do know this that the annual Core Crenshaw Cup that I speak about from time to time, yeah. where all the Core Crenshaw golf courses get together at one of the venues, and we play in a competitive event. Ben and uh, Bill are always there, so um, I don't believe we're doing it again this year. But next spring, we're going to go to Friars Head in Long Island. And I told Ben, and he told me that we, you know, we'll see each other again there. But it'll be sparse compared with uh, the amount of time I've been able to spend with those guys while during my tenure here. Mick Ultra Golf Show here on WSBT Radio. John Foster, Darren Pritchett with you. When you think back to Corin Crenshaw putting together this golf course, executing it, was the vision for it ultimately to be the type of golf course that could host a USGA event or some type of professional event? Was that in mind at the time, or has that all developed as time has gone on? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think if you gave uh, uh, Core and Crenshaw a lie detector test, they had. I don't think they thought that was in the future. Um, that yeah, that doesn't diminish what they thought about the golf course. <clears throat> but at the time they designed it, they had different goals, and that was given to them by Bill Warren and the university to build a place for the golf teams uh, at the university, as well as the students, faculty, staff, an enjoyable golf course yet challenging. Um, I think that well. And, and but you know it's it's I almost hate to bring it up, but they weren't really pleased with how the, the golf course ended up, and it's not due to design. They just felt there were some things done in the grow in that could have done better. And frankly, they walked away uh, somewhat disappointed and had no communication with the golf course until 2005 when I called Core really? and asked him to come back. Yeah, and it's it's nobody's fault. It's just that they were disappointed. I think that the timetable due to the the weather was horrible in the grow in. They had to replant a couple of times. The bunkers washed out. And I, I don't think they were used to dealing with the university. And the university does things differently than, a, you know, some mm-hmm. owner that says, build me a golf course and I'll see you in two years. Um, so there was a number of things. But when Bill came back, when Core came back, uh, he was just amazed at, you know, the, the transformation that had occurred. And then he got on board with our goal and our vision to make this something else and something that could be competitive. And that he was part of uh, extending the tees, adding more yardage. So, you know, when the golf course opened, it was 6,750 yards, I think, from the tips. Mm-hmm. Now it's over 7,000. 
So they were Ben and Bill were part of all of those things. We've added and subtracted bunkers, kind of redesigned it, and tailor made it to host a championship. But that wasn't the initial vision. But thankfully, we all grew into that. So I guess as I piece all this together, it is fair for me to assume that without that 2005 phone call by you to Mr. Core, the USGA probably doesn't come to Warren Golf Course. Uh, there's no doubt that that's, wow. that's the case. And it, it was so cool because I remember walking down the first fairway with him and he called Ben. He said, Ben, you're not going to believe this. You know, he's like, you've got to get out here and take a look at this place. So I just think they were, again, I don't know what happened. I wasn't here during the grow-in. But I think they were just kind of disappointed in, in what the outlook might be for it. And they were pleasantly surprised. And then they got on board and were 100% with us through that whole journey. And they both spent four to five days here during the championship as well. Wow. So when he was walking down number one and he called Ben, was he surprised with how the way the golf course oh, looked? Is that why he called? Uh, yeah, he, he, his expectations were pretty low, I think. And at that point, you know, wow. Matt, excuse me, Matt Seelen had had a good two seasons to get things uh, under his belt. We had done the bunker project where we rebuilt and redrained and resanded, um, you know, ninety-four bunkers on the course. We'd started to, to transform it. We put an intermediate cut in. When I got here, there weren't fringes on the greens. Uh, I mean, a lot of rudimentary things that we caught up on. And we were probably 20% of the way there when he made his return here. And then uh, Bill Warren was kind enough to engage those guys for the next 15 years, basically, and fund all of the improvements and all the alterations that we made to the golf course in, in close contact with me and with the core Crenshaw group. So, yeah, it's been, it's been really fun, Darren. It really has. So let me ask one more nosy question. Yeah. After that 2005 phone call to Mr. Core, what do you think, with them coming back, was the biggest improvement that took place after that phone call? The, the, well, after the phone call? Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to put my finger on one thing, but they became engaged again. And okay. so when I, I would call or Matt would call them and say, what do you guys think about us introducing a rye cut intermediate through the whole golf course? And then Core would say, Yep, I love it, but let me get out there and I'll show you what lines I want to see when you do it. Oh. So he would come out and stake out the lines that how do we merge into bunkers? How do we do this, that? So at any point, we'd run something by him. They would say either no or yes, and then they would come out and assist us with it. Wow. I have to admit, that would be one of the coolest professions to it's design a golf neat. course. Yeah, it, yeah. I'm sure it's nerve-wracking because Mother Nature probably is as much of a factor and you have no control when you're trying to build this golf course. But what, a, what an amazing profession, and I absolutely adore the golf course. I'm not saying it because you're sitting here. It is yeah, just sure. every club in your bag is used, and that's something to me. That's a sign of a really good golf course. And the greens, I wish I was a good putter because if I could putt good on those greens, I think I could putt pretty much anywhere. <laughs> I, yeah, we might as well jab Firestone while he's away. But in his case, it's not only using every club in your bag, but it makes you throw every club in your bag, too. So I think that's the mark of a really good golf course. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling really safe about listening to the podcast last week with me not being here. I'm no, sure no, we were good. We no, were good, buddy. There was a point Saturday morning when I wasn't feeling good that I think my ears were burning. Maybe I realize now <laughs> that, that it been. wasn't illness-related. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, again, we're gonna we're gonna miss John, but I guess we've got you for a little bit longer on the golf show. It sounds like. Yeah, and you know, I could always call in and give you a report from the southeast if you would like, Darren. Hey, you're welcome anytime <laughs> on the program. You can make us feel awful when it's October and you're still playing golf, and we're here freezing. So, yeah, well, we'll be happy for I, those I hope, updates. I hope. I really do hope I'm playing golf. Thanks. You better. I'm well, expecting I, you know golf. What? I've said this to a number of people, and they look at me strangely, but it's like, I don't know if I enjoy playing golf, I know, if I will, because and it, I'm not crying poor, but I haven't played consistently for 20 years now that I've been here. I mean, last year I had two rounds in, the year before with the Open, maybe two or three rounds. So I want to see, I don't know what it's going to be like necessarily if I want to play golf a couple of days a week, but I'm sure as heck going to give it a run. Well, I've been pushing it for a couple of years. I know. You need to play so you can qualify for the U.S. <laughs> Senior Open, so well, I, I'm expecting. Yeah, well, good luck with that expectation. I have full confidence. I mean, <laughs> look, you fixed my golf swing after I was ready to quit. I, so if you can fix me, you can fix yourself, no doubt. I, so. I couldn't qualify for the Osceola Senior <laughs> Open. Let alone the U.S. Senior Open. On behalf of the Michelob Ultra staff, we'd like to apologize to all the golfers in OCL if we offended them for those comments. No, I'm giving them, I'm giving them kudos. I couldn't beat them all. Oh, oh, I got you. All right, we got to get to break. You're listening to the Mick Ultra Golf Show on 96.1 WSBT. We welcome you back to the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT Radio app. I'm Darren Pritchett with John Foster, and we've got John Handrigan, the golf coach at the University of Notre Dame for the men's team. He's in his fourth season, and the Fighting Irish are getting set for NCAA Tournament Regionals. John, always great to talk to you. How are you today? I'm doing well, Darren. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to talk to you as we start this conversation. How about just a quick recap on the Irish golf season so far? Yes, we've, uh, it's been an interesting year, I think, for all of sport. Um, and uh, obviously with COVID, we had some challenges. But thankfully, we were back playing again this spring. I'm very proud of our team. We had uh, our body of work this spring was outstanding. Um, and uh, enough to get us uh, you know, a top ranking in the country and to qualify for uh, NCAA regionals for the first time in about uh, nine or ten years. Well, I can only imagine the challenges you guys have had. I know you're a team that travels uh, good distances even for practice rounds as you prepare and continue to improve. What has it been like the last year for the Irish golf team battling all these protocols? Yeah, it's been a challenge, I think, for everybody, um, especially for a northern program when you want to travel as much as we do. Um, so it hasn't been easy, but uh, I'm proud of our guys. We followed protocol to a T, and, and obviously we had a, a couple of uh, incidents here and there um, that, to be honest, is probably unavoidable uh, during the pandemic. But proud of the guys. We handled it pretty well. And, and like you mentioned, we were able to play uh, and take many trips uh, down south to prepare for our season um, and then play quite a few tournaments this spring. We, uh, we didn't play in the fall, so we had to jam as many events we could in uh, this spring. And, uh, and our guys were busy between school and golf and all of our events. But uh, happy to say that we had, we had a very solid spring so far. But uh, it's not over yet, and we look forward to uh, going to NCAA Regionals here in about a week. Uh, and we got selected to go to uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, uh, at Karsten Creek, which is a outstanding golf course that they have there. And, 
and uh, we look forward to the challenge. John Foster, let me just ask you, what has impressed yeah. you about watching John build this Notre Dame golf program up? Now it's obviously a contender in the ACC and for the NCAA tournament and beyond each and every year. Listen, it's, what's impressed me most is the, the, the amount of time it's taken John to do it, the, the lack yeah. of the amount of time it's taken. I mean, four seasons sounds like a lot. Four years sound like a lot. It really isn't if you think about a recruiting cycle. And so John just now is getting his players here, per se, um, and the players that he inherited are better players now, having played under John and, and with Scott Gump's help, too. Um, it's it's amazing the turnaround in, in those players, and then the players that John recruited uh, are are really outstanding. I know the the freshman that John has Tucker um, is Tucker Clark is outstanding. Um, you know, it's just it's just nice to be around these kids too because it's not only their golf game; it's probably the best group of kids. And this is my twentieth season here. The best group of kids I've been around, both in terms of their talent their deportment on the golf course and, you know, how they behave off the golf course as well. So it's, it's been great, Darren. It's a lot more fun um, working here with John as the head coach. I was put it that way. And he is the reason I'm retiring, but I still think that about him as well. So it's a big reason. He knows that. John will have a chance to come back at you, and I'll ask him what he thinks of you at the end of the interview. So, so John Handrigan, your time is coming here in just a couple of moments. You know, John, I'm really kind of curious. You know, I, I played high school golf. I could have went to a really, really small college and played, but just not something that I wanted to do at that time. I'm just wondering from a, a college golf coach perspective, how would you define – what your goals are on a daily basis. Are you part swing coach, part psychologist, part into analytics? How do you define yourself as a college golf coach? And maybe how much has that role changed since you started as an assistant coach? Yeah, I think honestly, it's a bit of everything. Uh, you hear as a mentor for young men uh, and get them ready for life after Notre Dame. I'm here to help them with their golf game. Uh, a lot of it is practice habits from from how I coach. Most of our guys uh, all have a swing coach uh, back where they're from, so I work directly between myself and the swing coach to help a little bit there. Um, but a lot of it's practice habits, teach them uh, where they need to improve, and, and sometimes even areas where they're really strong, but they could be even stronger um, to, uh, to play at the highest level. Um, and there's a lot of times where, you know, golf, uh, as we know, is a very, uh, uh, you know, it's all about your mentality and, and mindset. So we spend a lot of time about uh, how we can uh, work on that with our guys. Um, obviously, uh, they come in here at, at Notre Dame as a freshman, as a, as a young man, and, and they uh, develop a lot maturity-wise over the four years. So we spend a lot about, you know, time about how you handle yourself on the golf course and, and thinking and course management uh, to, uh, to help them play at that next level. So, we, uh, you know, we do quite a bit, and, and obviously as an assistant coach, I think I did a lot of those things uh, when I was an assistant, um, but I think it's changed a lot uh, in the game. There's uh, a lot more technology nowadays, and, and I think the older you get, the, the worse you are with technology. So we, uh, we spend a lot of time with that with our guys to make sure that uh, we're doing everything we possibly can to, uh, to make them better here at Notre Dame. Now let's fast forward to the NCAA regionals coming up at Oklahoma State. You and your assistant coach, Scott Gump, what exactly is your responsibilities when your golfers are on the golf course? And are, how much are you allowed to communicate with them while they're playing the golf course? 
Well, uh, as you know, we can, uh, we can communicate and, and basically do anything that we want while they're on the golf course other than, you know, hit shots or, or carry their clubs. So we're uh, we're pretty hands on, and and you probably know Scott Gump pretty well, but you know he played on tour on the PJ Tour for about 20 years, um, and there's no better person to be walking hand in hand with our players uh, during a, an important event like regionals. And he's done a he's done a great job when he walks with our players, and that's that's his his job. He'll he'll walk with one player each day, um, and then the other four guys that are competing, I'll kind of roam with those four guys and help them out um, on what I would call pivotal holes or um, challenging holes on the golf course where I feel like mm. I might be able to help them course management-wise um, throughout the day. So I kind of jump around with those four guys, but um, Coach Gump does a great job with uh, the individual player that he's with. And, and a small stat, and uh, as you know, just like baseball and, and with golf, we keep track of everything. And mm. when Coach Gump walks with the player 92% of the time, mm they perform better than their scoring average. So it shows you how important he is when he, uh, when he walks with a player. Wow. That's an impressive number. Yeah. Hey, John Foster, what about the yeah. relationship of John Henry and Scott Gump and how well they work together? And as a team, they have taken this golf program to another level. Yeah. The, the, the cool thing is like John said, they're, it's not like they're both doing the same thing. They each have their roles. They know that. And Scott's doing what he's best at. And John's obviously encompasses, you know, the whole, the whole spectrum of things in coaching. But it's been a great relationship. Um, it's hard not to get along with either one of them, Darren. <laughs> so yeah. that, that helps things right there. Uh, but it's, it's just the transformation has been incredible. And I know Scott's, um, he's got the perspective because he was here before. And so to ask Scott the same questions you're asking me, you're going to get, you know, the same types of answers. He's seen the transformation. He's been a big part of it. Um, I just think, you know, he, and, and kudos for John giving Scott credit because there's a number of head coaches that wouldn't even bother to mention that they have an assistant. And yeah. he's been really good with Scott in that regard. So it's been great working with them both, seriously. John Handrigan, the head coach of the Notre Dame men's golf team, joining us here on the Mick Alter Golf Show on WSBT Radio. And, John, I was just looking at some of your individual stats from this golf season. Two of your golfers have a top-five finish. You have four different players that have finished in the top ten in a tournament and also five different players with multiple top-25 finishes this year. As you look at your golf team, is the level of play of this golf team pretty close? So if these five, six guys were in a golf tournament all by themselves, I would assume it would be a pretty tight golf tournament. Yes, it would. And I think that's why our team is so strong, because we have depth. And, the, you know, the five or six guys that you see playing each week, um, they're getting pushed by other guys at home as well. So we've got a total of nine guys on the team, and we've got nine very strong players. And they push each other every day at practice. Um, every qualifier we have, they're making each other better. And I think that's, you know, the, the signal of a strong team when you have that kind of depth and, and always having guys pushing you to make sure you earn your spot and, and uh, play your best golf. Because obviously competition in tournaments on the road is, is strong, and that's why they're here. Um, but also practice at home and uh, our qualifying is important as well to, to push these guys to get to the next level. I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this program watch professional golf now. It's much more difficult 
to have a chance to watch a whole lot of college golf. They'll show some tournaments on the Golf Channel. So if you don't mind, just a little background. You're going to regional. How many players will play in the regional, and how do you decide which players will participate in that regional? Sure. So in general, there's 13 teams, and then there's some individuals playing in the regional. And the top five teams from this region will advance the NCAA finals. Um, we'll have six guys that we travel with, but five guys will play in the tournament. Uh, and each day, uh, four scores will count from those five guys. Uh, we take a six guy, they, they call it the Bo Hostler rule. And I'm not sure if you remember watching it on, on TV a couple of years ago, but he got injured in the, in a match at the NCAA finals and, uh, and they didn't have anyone else there to substitute for his injury. So now they allow for substitutions if you would like, uh, for injury. Um, so, We'll, uh, we'll take six guys, and uh, it's the same six guys that traveled to our last couple events, and I'm really happy with those six for sure, and uh, I'm excited to see what we can do once we get to Stillwater. I guess this is kind of a question maybe for both of you, and John Handrigan, you can go first, and John Foster, I know you've, you've watched college golf for a long time, but just looking at the ACC, John, now obviously we know there's been some amazing all-time great golfers come from colleges in the ACC, but just looking at the competition level, I think everybody but two teams in your league were nationally ranked in the NCAA. Just how unbelievably difficult is it to be an unbelievable golf team right now in this conference when you know it's just going to be the best of the best pretty much each and every weekend? I know you know about the SEC as well. That's top-notch, just like the ACC. Yeah, and I think that's a big reason why – players come to Notre Dame and we recruit players that want to play against the best teams in the country. And the guys that come here, they want to play against the best. And, and that's why we're in the ACC. Um, you know, arguably you can go either way on, on what's the best conference right now, SEC or ACC. Um, but we got the most, uh, you know, top 25 ranked teams in, in the country in our conference. So, um, you know, biasly, I think the ACC is a, is the strongest one. And, and, uh, you know, we went to the ACC tournament two weeks ago, and I think we were ranked 25th at the time, but that was seventh best uh, in the ACC. So it, it just shows you how strong the conference is. Um, but that, that makes us better as well. You know, I talked about competition at home, but, you know, being on the road too and playing against the ACC teams, is, uh, it's pretty special to play against the best. And uh, we're fortunate to do that week in and week out to make our guys better and, and ultimately get them ready for the next level, which is the PGA Tour. And, John Foster, I would assume you remember the Big East days, and no disrespect to that conference, but this is a whole different ballgame being in the ACC. Okay, so so get this. So I have a, a ring from a Big East championship that the team gave me in 2011, <laughs> and Hannigan's not gotten me a ring yet. You know, um, <laughs> so he missed out on the ACC ring. I, you know, I'm going out. It's my swan song here, so all, all that's left is a national championship ring. And knowing John, <laughs> if they do win, I'd still have to pay for it, but he wouldn't get me one. <laughs> I thought this was a golf show and not a Bass Hendrigan show. What's going on over there, Foster? Actually, Hendrigan, I think it's it's an all-about-me show more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Foster. When it's time for us to get rings, you're going to be the guy that's going to sponsor all those rings. (laughs) (laughs) That that plush retirement fund's going to come in very handy when those rings are going to have to be paid for, John, I think. Listen, I'd gladly pay for them if they can do that. That's right. That would be cool. John Handrigan, as you've just have had now four years here at Notre Dame, 
I'm wondering now that you've been a part of this program and you have played Warren Golf Course and you've had your guys practice there now for the past four years, just how much of an impact the golf course has, not only in the ability of these players to play a championship golf course each and every day here on campus, but also from a recruiting standpoint. Does the U.S. Senior Open even something you mention or another addition to the conversation about joining this golf team when you're recruiting golfers from across the world? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and first of all, you know, I'm sure, you know, most have been to the Warren Golf Course, but if you haven't, the place is unbelievable to have right on your campus. And every recruit I talk to, one of the first things I mentioned, because all these kids, they want to know about the quality of the facility and we're the only school in the country that can say that we hosted a major championship mm-hmm. on our university course. And before they even set foot on property, once you tell them that, they know that if a USG event was hosted at your golf course, that it's elite. And, uh, and that's a huge selling point for us. Um, I, uh, I can't even take the credit for that one because I wasn't involved in getting the senior open here. And uh, I'll finally give uh, an accomplishment or a, a credit to John Foster for change, but he's the one that, that made that happen. And I can't tell you how, how much it's helped our golf program, the notoriety, um, and, you know, all the airtime that we got during those uh, that week that uh, we hosted mm-hmm. U.S. Senior Open has been unbelievable help for our program. So it's, uh, it's been outstanding, and, and it's great, you know, a golf course for our guys to play day in and day out that they know that they're playing a championship golf course to prepare them for big events like ACCs or the NCAA tournament. Well, that's where truly John Foster takes a bow for getting all this accomplished. <laughs> well, you know, Darren, one thing, too, um, and I appreciate that, John, um, that it's frustrating sometimes for us, uh, the, the staff here at the, at the course, uh, John sees the value, all these ancillary uh, assets have come along with hosting that, whether it be, you know, the, the demand on the golf course now, uh, the fact that we've been able to increase our fees as a result of that demand, the impact on the golf teams, uh, our development department, you know, the, the amount of money they raise here. All of these other benefits that have come from hosting a major championship aren't always recognized as much as what happened that week mm-hmm. uh, in a short-term uh, basis. So it's nice to hear John say that because there are a lot of residual benefits that, that did come from it, and we're still seeing them to this day. So we, um, anyway, my two cents. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, John, just two more questions for you, then we'll let you go. Uh, first off, with the regionals coming up at Oklahoma State, give us a couple of players to watch from the Notre Dame squad. Uh, well, like I mentioned earlier, we have such depth that every week I feel like, you know, there could be a new guy that, that steps through and, and helps the team. Um, and I think that's why, you know, we've been so special as a team because every guy in our lineup can really step in day in and day out and uh, and play their best. So we have some great uh, match play matches at home, I'll tell you that, because any guy on our team can can step up and, and win. So I'm, uh, I'm leaning on all the guys. I know okay. they're ready. Uh, they've been working extremely hard for this moment, not just this year, but the last four years, uh, Coach Gump and I have pushed these guys really hard, and uh, and they've accepted the challenge day in and day out. So um, I think we've got uh, six guys that will be on that on the plane to Stillwater, and uh, any one of those guys can, can help out on any given day. Well said. Finally, if you don't mind, John Hanrigan, would you mind offering a, a couple of thoughts about John Foster? It's 
It hurts the local golf community when a, a great guy like this leaves the golf scene, but John is going to be retiring soon from Warren. So just a couple of thoughts on your relationship with John Foster and, and what we're going to be missing around here. Yeah, as much as we joke and even on, on the air uh, back and forth and, and the banter back and forth, which I enjoy you know a lot, but we're going to miss a guy that cared so much about this golf course and, and, and turned this into an elite golf course. Yep and brought some special events here that, that made us, you know, realize how special the golf course is. And, and he's dedicated his life to this place the last 20 years. So we're going we're gonna to miss him. Um, obviously, we wish him the best. And, and he's moving on into his next chapter, which I, I, uh, I, I think he's going to embrace. And I, I, uh, I know he's going to enjoy his next chapter, but we're going to miss him greatly here because he cared a lot about this golf course and uh, we talk about it quite a bit but this is this is his baby and he's done a lot to uh to make it special for all of us and uh and we're, we're gonna miss him he, he's done a great job here at notre dame golf wow good. thanks john I, I really appreciate it coming from john and we are really good friends despite uh like you said the banner that goes back and forth and that was part of my decision i mean one of the things that i was kind of torn by is uh you know separating myself from John and his team, they become such an integral part of my job every day. And frankly, in the past, before John got here, I couldn't necessarily have said that. So I, I really, I really wish him luck. <clears throat> I don't think John needs luck. He's got plenty of skill, as do his kids. But that's one of the aspects of this job I, I will probably miss most. Well said. Well, from this standpoint, with you retiring, John Foster. I think for guys like John Hanrigan and myself, there's more skins available because you're going to be playing more golf. So make sure you bring a wallet with you, okay? Yeah. Oh, I, I will, buddy. I will. <laughs> John Hanrigan, the men's golf coach at the University of Notre Dame, we thank you so much for joining us. And best wishes to you and your golf team as you go to Stillwater for NCAA Regionals. We'll be cheering you on. And, again, continued success. Great. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, John. Wish you guys the best. And Bye, guys. Thank you, Foster. And uh, Thank make sure you. you come back and visit. I will, John. Thanks, buddy. Very good. That is John Hammergan, the men's golf coach at the University of Notre Dame. And we've got more of the Mick Ultra Golf Show coming up next on Sports Radio 96.1, WSBT, WSBTradio.com, and the WSBT Radio app. Along with John Foster, the GM at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, I'm Darren Pritchett. This is the Mick Ultra Golf Show on WSBT Radio. The one thing about professional golf you'll hear from a guy he might go away 10 12 years and all of a sudden he pops back up on the pga tour you could say it was Stuart sink who last won the open championship over a decade ago he's won twice this year on the pga tour i think he's in the top 10 in the fedex cup standings right wow. now i think you would have got good odds in las vegas at the start of the year on that and then the champions tour last weekend I mean, I don't know if you can do a whole lot better in terms of drama coming down the stretch, but John Daly, like him or not, he's a fascinating mm -hmm. story anytime he teases that because you never know what you're going to see. He might, like at the U.S. Open, hits a ball moving in frustration, or he might fire a club. I mean, he's smoking cigarettes out on the golf course, the wild outfits. He is an attraction to say the least, and he almost won on the Champions Tour last weekend, but he hit it in the water on the 72nd hole. And Mike Weir, the old Masters champion, I, mean, I don't remember the last time we heard from him, John Foster. I mean, it's been a long time, but it's amazing how these guys, the best in the world, can be on top of the world 
and then just lose it. It, it just doesn't seem possible for those of us that are amateurs that battle sure. every day just to be good. But I guess it feels like if you're good, you're always going to be good. But this is a game that is cruel a lot of times, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is. And I think the Champions Tour is a bit of an exception in that, um, you know, in order to qualify for events, they have a laundry list of uh, criteria. And you can get a guy like Mike Weir because of his lifetime earnings, the fact that he won a uh, major when he won the Masters. These all contribute to points where he can just get off his couch one week and go play in an event, as opposed to the PGA Tour. You know, Stuart Sink had to maintain his card to top 125 year in, year out, get special exemptions. It's a little bit harder to have somebody come out of the pack who used mm-hmm. to be competitive, whereas on the Champions Tour, it, it's set up easier, if, if that's the right word. But it, it's still fascinating. And, you know, one of the biggest disappointments to, for me for the senior opens, I really wanted Daly to be here, and he was qualified. However, I don't know if we talked about on air, but we the did. year before at Colorado Springs, they wouldn't let him have a cart, and so he DQ'd and uh, withdrew, which didn't set well with the USGA. So they basically told him not to come back for a while. So he was not being invited here. So, like you said, he can be a bit bombastic and a little bit volatile, but. From a fan standpoint, I'm not so sure there's anybody that can draw more people than John Daly. I just remember being up at the senior PGA, and for six holes, I followed a group with John Daly in it, and one of the other two players in the group was Bernhard Langer. (laughs) Opposite ends of the spectrum. I mean, Langer is focused, methodical, (laughs) quiet, and Daly is my smoking cigarettes and got the loud sh- pants and you know sometimes he'll be jabbering. I, it was one of the more fascinating six holes of golf I think I've witnessed. Darren, I, I remember that pairing. You know who else was with him? Is Rocco Mediate? That's right. Oh, Rocco that's right. had the cigars going too. So poor Bernard he got some secondhand smoke that week that he probably oh. still is suffering from. Yeah. I'm so glad Rocco came to your golf course for the U.S. Senior Open. He was a joy in the media session. Yes. I mean, he, he was fantastic. You know, he's, I think I told you the year before he stopped by mm-hmm. uh, to play the course with, with Lee Jansen, and he was so engaging with the staff and uh, our you know management company, Bruno, uh, Steve Neiman, their tournament director, was really good friends with Rocco, so that made it even better. But, yeah, it was great having him here. A lot of those guys really enhanced the week, whether they were competitive or not. Rocco is truly one of those guys. If you watch the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, and he lost in the playoff to Tiger, where he was just – everybody kind of fell in love with him again because he was so gracious, having fun. When yeah. Tiger made the putt on 18 to force the play, because I knew he was going to make it, and he's had a smile <laughs> on his face. Yeah. I just think yeah, he yeah. was very likable, and boy, we were not disappointed here in South Bend. That media session was just absolutely <laughs> terrific, and he's still willing to talk about that playoff against Tiger. Yeah. And, and yeah. he was a part well, of Tiger's event on HBO, too, that series. Exactly. That's right. Mm-hmm. So. All right. We will take our final break. We will wrap up this edition of the Mick Ultra Golf Show coming up next on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. It is time for the final segment of the Mick Ultra Golf Show this week on Sports Radio 
WSBT, as we mentioned, Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn, not with the th- not with us this week. He has the tough task of playing out at Pebble Beach, so hopefully we can hear about that next week. But in honor of Tim, you can come out to Blackthorn. Call 574-232-4653 or go to blackthorngolf.com. So the final minute of the show, I hand it over to my good friend John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. Well, Darren, let's do this. It's my last full week at the golf course, so why doesn't everybody come out and play? Let's see if we can set a revenue record for this week. Um, That would be great. I'm not on commission, but if the numbers are high enough, I can sure ask. So, you know, give us a call, 631-GOLF or warrengolfcourse.com to make your tee time. I think the weather's looking up a bit for next week, so why don't you come out and see us. And I encourage all golfers who are playing at Warren this week, Go get a six-pack of Mick Ultra and put it on John's desk, and he'll be set for the next few years if we get enough people to do that. So how about that? Now there is bringing advertisement and talent together. And encouraging people to drink. That's just perfect. (laughs) Golf and beer, they go hand-in-hand last time I checked. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) John, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. We thank John Handrigan from the Irish Golf Team for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. This has been the Mick Ultra Golf Show, presented by Michelob Ultra, locally distributed by United Beverage of South Bend. Michelob Ultra, superior light beer. Don't compromise. Also sponsored by Bill's Heating of Goshen since 1951. For all your heating, cooling, and plumbing. Also by Pet Refuge, Leck Leitner Door, Sherwood Tire, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, and OSMC, the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. This has been the Mick Ultra Golf Show, heard every Saturday morning at 8 on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.